Johnson's thesis hinges on the assumption that Americans have gotten smarter. This neglects mounting evidence to the contrary. Like squeeze yogurt, HMOs, tax breaks for Hummer buyers, routine circumcision, Ashton Kutcher, taken from Bob Ivory's uh, review in the Washington Post. Hello again, John Fennessy here, this time looking at the book Everything Bad is Good for You. I wish. How today's popular culture is actually making us smarter by Steve Johnson. Well, is it? Ah, that is an open-ended debate that I don't believe will conclude any time in the near future. In fact, although Johnson's arguments are powerful, make sense when viewed with an open mind and fairly straightforward, they in fact raise even more potent issues. Now, while I don't necessarily agree with Bob Avery, although I am having a tough time disputing the Ashton Kutcher comment, I think Johnson leaves himself open for just this type of criticism. Johnson makes, however, an impressive argument that today's popular culture is far from the degenerative amalgamation of nonsense that many view it. That it is the basis of raised IQs. The gamers are expanding their cognitive skills in ways that can only be attributed to the new complexity of games, television, virtual reality, and other avenues of today's popular culture. Johnson discussion on the expansion of television and the use of intellectual labor, page 64, is a good analysis. After reading the book, I discovered well, during some downtime that Netflix had put the entire Tudor series online, and I had spent a long time waiting to see it. And then I spent far too much time watching the entire series. What made it more fun for myself, though, was attempting to find the flashing arrows, page 79, and Think about how many combined threads were in play at any given time. <laughs> hey, I love Dragnet. I grew up watching it. But I couldn't help but think how incredibly boring the Tudors would have been if not for the exceptional complication of the multiple threads. However, this then brought to light an area I wish Johnson had given more issue to. The addictiveness of gaming. I also look back at my time playing Dungeons and Dragons for days on end as a youth, but I just simply can't equate then and now as being anything close to similar, as Johnson does. I wasn't at home with a headset on, talking to people online I'd never met, fighting the good fight in a war game. I was with a group of other people at G. Raleigh White Coliseum or the Student Center at Texas A&M. Now, while we were there to play a game for sure, we were also friends. We ate together, spent hours talking about non-game related issues, things. We were friends. The game was not central to our lives. We had to make plans to meet. We were not barricaded by ourselves in our bedrooms facing a screen. We had to interact. What we were doing was cultivating interpersonal relationships. Now, I have been working in another one of my classes, Emerging Information Technologies, along some very similar lines to what we're studying here. Social networks, mobile technologies, and other avenues in education are being discussed. And as a somewhat older person, and let's not put me in the grandpa category quite yet, but I did grow up not having any of these things. I think, though, that I, because of my business, I'm more readily able to see across the lines and draw from both. However, this week, what I think might be a core issue outside of learning has come into parallel between the two classes. 
On page 39, Johnson states that game players are not soaking up moral counsel, life lessons, or rich psychological portraits. They are not having emotional experiences with their Xboxes other than the occasional adrenaline rush. (laughs) I would venture an argument to that by saying, yeah, just go ahead and try taking away that Xbox from that 10-year-old and see if there's no emotional response. I believe emotion is exactly what you're going to get. Johnson, I think, has an outstanding point, and a very significant one, though, with the moral counsel. This week in the other class, after careful consideration of the prompt, asking for thoughts and possible issues that we see leading down the road as more social networking becomes, you know, used, I wrote, I think we have two different social norms in play at the same time. This has come about by the extremely rapid pace that technology has advanced. The old ways are still very much in play, my ways, and not understood in the least by those born after about 1980. However, we still have the pre-tech generation, that while they may understand some of the technology, in fact, even embrace it, the changes they see to society being caused by it are abhorrent to them. In many ways, they see us becoming a classless society, meaning mannerless, not socioeconomic. How is this going to play out as we continue to become more and more involved with social networks and and personal communications? I truly have no idea. But I do see a substantial reordering of social norms that have already taken place. What was once considered rude is now considered common behavior. And with technology changing so fast, it is becoming exceedingly hard for each generation to have any social familiarity with the previous, whether personal or professional, This is going to place a burden on people to be less accepting of what they believe is normal and right for their time. And either they are going to routinely evolve and change their thinking and their behavior, or they're going to become a source of conflict. Now, I truly believe this, and and I think this is somewhere that needed to be addressed in this book. I have actually changed my opinion slightly over the past week regarding the book. Initially, I thought it was about time someone stood up for technology, but now I'm thinking, whoa, boy. Between the sleeper curve, the Flynn effect, and a half dozen other hypotheses and theories, Johnson makes an impressive argument. But I have to ask, at what cost? Questions, at least for me, are, what is the, youth, what is the use of a smarter youth if they possess no or little social skills? They may have an elevated understanding, a raised IQ. They may be smarter. But can they convey this knowledge in a useful way? Now, everything bad is good for you is a good start. But it is a long way from a completed argument.